I don't want to be made to look like a fool by you. I can do that enough on my own. And welcome to the Two Takes on Film podcast. This is Heather. And as always, I'm joined by Wyatt J. Croy. Hello. Way over there on the other side of the screen. Hello. Hello. In the state of different states. But we're here today and uh, we're just glad to be back with you all. I hope that you guys enjoyed last week's episode with our first ever guest to the podcast uh zachary ryan paul thank you so much for joining us and for giving us all your great insights on all things movies and music and memories that was those were great words music fun episode movies memories (laughs) if you haven't listened to it yet you should yeah yeah it's a good time Uh, Today, we, of course, have a couple of uh, new releases for you that we will chat about. Um, But first, um, for those of you who follow us on the gram or who know us individually um, or (laughs) who have listened to past episodes of this podcast, you may know that Wyatt and I just went on a little road trip through the state of Oregon over the past week and a half. and it was just a delightful time. Do you have any memories you want to share? Oh, yeah. I have a few memories. Um, well, one and so two things. These happened on the same day. No, maybe not. Heather and I got matching tattoos, which is fun. Ooh. So we have those now. Very cute. Um, mine completely fell off, as did my entire foot. So for those of you who have tattoos, is that how? Is that part of the healing process usually? How long until the foot grows back? Yeah. And when can I do this again? Because it's been a lot of fun. Been a blast. Immeasurable pain, Mm. but we'll do it again in a heartbeat. Well worth the money. Sure. Um, Hospital bills and all. (laughs) Uh, Secondly, we were at a little cafe in Portland um, getting breakfast, getting some some biscuits and gravy on my part. Which, B&G. If you know me, I love my B&G. I love good biscuits and gravy. And I had a little bit of a journey this mm. trip. It took several tries to find yeah. quality biscuits and gravy. Yeah. Just some real mishaps. This first place we went to, I think they used soy or something, which I'm all about trying out like you know, meat substitutes, all sure. that, whatever. Yeah. It just doesn't work for biscuits and gravy. You just like, you really can't achieve the right yeah. effect without sausage. I also um, feel like with something like biscuits and gravy, it's not like the people who are eating biscuits and gravy are not like, mm, I I want like a supernatural healthy breakfast choice, you know? Right. People, people like who give eat me and the biscuits and gravy are just disgusting, <laughs> unhealthy. I'm lards, not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm no, not saying that. I know that. what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's like, out of all the dishes, do we really need to be trying that hard to reinvent this one? Right. Like, I no. don't think I don't think anyone wants that that bad. No. Um. So that just wasn't good. And then also the gravy was like 
runny, mm-hmm. which, which is just not, no, it's not good. It wasn't good. And then the second place we went, a decent gravy, not a lot of flavor to it, but they used cornbread instead of biscuits. So unusual. It just made it so sweet and they mm-hmm. got too soggy and they absorbed too much of the gravy. Guys, does any, like, has anyone else experienced cornbread? Like going to a place and getting cornbread for the biscuits, were they just out of biscuits? Hmm. You stop selling biscuits and gravy. There's two things yeah. in the name. Yeah. You don't have both of them. You shouldn't. You probably shouldn't sell. But. Totally. But eventually I did find some decent biscuits and gravy. So that was good. All is, all is, all is right in the world. But while we were waiting at this little cafe for these terrible biscuits and gravy, I didn't know they were terrible yet. So I wasn't in a bad mood yet. We were happy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's like there's only outdoor seating right now. Like they're making all the food inside. You order at the door. There's only outdoor seating. So there's just a couple tables. It's right along mm-hmm. like kind of a main road, a little downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's these two women sitting at a table drinking their coffee. Mm-hmm. And this other woman walks by. Um, I didn't really notice her the first time like mm-hmm. when she walked by, mm-hmm. minding her business. I mean, there's lots of people around, whatever. There's also like, there's enough people around for it to definitely be public. Like mm-hmm. lots of people are there watching, whatever. But also not so, so, so many people that you could easily just like disappear into the crowd yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Like there's only, there's probably about 15 people in this little area and then no one around for a while. And so this woman who's walking is walking like normal gets about seven steps past the two ladies, uh, you know, sitting, drinking their coffee and does like a double take back mm-hmm. at their table, like a very animated, uh, almost like comedic double take and quickly turns around and swipes one of their coffees just right out straight of, off the table. Yeah. Just straight off the table mm-hmm. and walks away and then like holds it up weird. Like I think she drinks a little bit of it and then holds it up and like, I think like examining it or examining something. It or was like complaining about it, which like, mm-hmm. just, you know, you stole it. So <laughs> you just like, stole that. You can't be choosers. Like, you literally. But my favorite part was the woman who got her coffee stolen. The only thing she could manage to say when this happened was just, oh, that's mine. <laughs> Which is just funny what people like. Yeah. Say Their when instinct. put on like, yeah, yeah, instinctive. Like, yeah, I think she knew it was yours. I don't think yeah. there was confusion about yeah. that. I think she, that was kind of the point as she yeah. was taking your coffee. But it was it was just a very odd interaction. And, yeah. and people, like everyone noticed, but then also no one noticed or really what cared. Because what are you going to do about that? Like, yeah, it, I, it's I different imagine. if she had like grabbed her purse off the table or something like that. But they had clearly been sitting there for a while. Yeah. It's likely that the drink was probably almost gone anyways. That's so true. like well, what kind of say, effort do you put into you confronting it? Down. You know? No, yeah. <laughs> no, but I was going to say at the very least, she could go up to the counter and be like, hey, my coffee was just sold. Like, totally. Another one? Yeah. Which I'm sure they would have done, but yeah, they were probably almost done. So it's probably yeah. like, yeah. well, I don't really want another coffee anyway. Yeah. So I think they left not that long after. And I imagine yeah. they didn't seem like they were close to leaving at first. I don't know the timing well, of their, yeah. their, you know, little meeting, but it seems like that kind of happened. And they're just like, well, seems like a good time to just go. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I, I have thought about that woman almost every day since it happened yeah. <laughs> because it, it was, it was just, it was shocking, but also like, um, like not so shocking. I don't, it's hard to explain, but it was, it yeah, really wasn't it was so like, odd. I mean, it was 
for the most part, you know, harmless, like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I've seen people steal things before, mm -hmm. but for some reason, that was just like a very it just felt weird. It felt mm -hmm. odd. Like, mm -hmm. like it was a setup or a prank kind of thing. Yeah. Like it felt like the way she walked, the way she did the double take, the way she did everything felt like, like John Keonis was going to come out and be like, why didn't you run that woman down and get the coffee back? <laughs> oh my gosh. You know? What would you do? <laughs> what would you do? Yeah. <laughs> and we failed. We yeah. didn't do anything. We, we literally looked we at the their woman, table. <laughs> shrugged, yeah, shrugged our shoulders and went, Ooh, that sucks. <laughs> and she went, yeah. And then a minute later they left and we took their seats. <laughs> and I just said, sorry about your coffee. <laughs> and she yeah. didn't really say anything. Honestly, if that did happen, I would just take the time to tell John Kionis that he needs to have some better biscuits and gravy <laughs> at his fake establishments. Yeah. The true crime here is the, the biscuits and gravy. Crime. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember? I feel like that day in particular, there were a couple of other odd things that happened but I don't remember what they were. That was the day that we ended up going over to the coast, correct? Uh-huh, yeah. It was that morning? Yeah. Well, we just Wait, really... was it? I think it was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember, but I feel really like there were... We didn't know like, what our plan was. We didn't yeah. know how much time we were going to spend in... Um... Portland that day. In Portland that day before going over. So mm -hmm. we ended up spending a good amount of time... And we spent a lot, like we left Portland at probably one or two. Oh, no. I think it was later than that. It was like four or five. Oh, was it? Yeah. But we spent a lot of money that day because we didn't have a plan. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't end up actually like going anywhere. We just mm -hmm. ate a bunch of places. Like mm -hmm. we went and got breakfast there. Then immediately went to McMinimins and got drinks. And mm -hmm. then we immediately went to the cider house and got drinks. And then we went to Sizzle Pie and got food. It was just like, <laughs> we just kept thinking like, what do you want to do next? It was like, well, <laughs> like something else sounds good to eat. Yeah. We didn't really have like something to do. We couldn't yeah. like commit to anything bigger because we knew we had to get to the coast eventually. Mm -hmm. So we like went to, I think there might've even been a fifth one in there somewhere, like four or five different like food or drink establishments. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Did we, we go to Salt and Straw? Oh, we... Is no, that the that day was, we went to, was that the day before? That might have been the day before. Yeah, we went to a lot of great places uh, over those couple of days. I think in hindsight, I I wish I was more prepared with places that we wanted to go. <laughs> I think every day we kind of woke up and said, what are we going to do today? And then kind of went from there. So I think next time, should we ever go on a road trip again? Yeah, I, I would love to be a little bit more. Like a constant struggle of mine is the desire to be the no plan guy. Yeah, and the unease that that gives me. Yeah, like I want to be the no plan guy. Yeah, but I want to be the no plan guy that just wakes up and then a plan falls in your lap. Like mm. that's idea, but I ideal. I still like plans. I just mm -hmm. don't want to have to plan them. You sure. know, yeah. like yeah. But the days that you don't, like the day we're in Bend where we went to Sisters and then we're like, oh, Deschutes sounds good. Like a mm -hmm. brewery that would send mm -hmm. Bend sounds good for lunch. And then the, you saw the record place when we walked there. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, we'll do that afterwards. And then on our way there afterwards, we saw the arcade. Mm -hmm. Like that filled. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden we were like, what are we going to do today? And then it was like 4 p.m. And we're like, yeah. oh, we've been doing stuff nonstop. Yeah. Uh, that, that was super fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't like not having a plan but mm -hmm. i don't want to be mm -hmm. it's mostly when i'm with other people when i'm with mm -hmm. myself i'll plan that up Oof. yeah i'll just go full plan you know just really 
totally really, really plan it up but yeah when i'm with other people i don't want them to see me as like ugh, the like the one who's making us stick to the plan you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so. anyways hindsight we've never done a trip like that together so mm-hmm. now i think we both know but like we uh, have done. no i guess not i mean we have never we've never well, spent that much time together at not one that much time. time but in la i mean that was like the same thing just shorter yeah but i feel we like we weren't home for that like you we stopped by your place because it wasn't yeah. far but we yeah. were both like out yeah we but i like, feel yeah. like for that trip it was shorter and it was it felt more concentrated. Yeah. I don't know. Like we had staples of things we that we to needed day, to yeah. do. Yeah. So I think that helped. But anyways, it was a lovely trip. Um, weird to be back home and to just settle back into life. Um, but in the midst of that trip, we did a lot of driving as well, um, mm-hmm. which it didn't feel particularly overwhelming because it was really broken up. Um into smaller chunks it wasn't overwhelming for me it was you did 98 I mean, percent of the i'm driving, pretty sure so. i was gonna say if, if we drove for a hundred hours you drove for maybe four of them maybe four of them yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah which is fine that's what we agreed on i love yeah. driving heather doesn't heather um doesn't actually know how to drive she doesn't yeah. have her license yeah it's very illegal for her to drive yeah um but sometimes we just let her do it as a treat <laughs> But we just put some pillows around the side of the car, <laughs> kind of bumpers. Just in case. Just in case. Yeah. Great driver. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, while we were driving, or I guess in preparation of uh, this road trip we were going on, I compiled a list of many questions, 50 questions, 50 exactly, um, to ask Wyatt throughout our trip and we only got through a portion of them there's still probably maybe like a third left uh, of the questions some of those questions I don't know if I'll ever ask them to you but some I will and I'll ask them to you today such as what is one thing that annoys you most when you go to a restaurant this is something that just annoys me everywhere I go Mm. Um, and it's not even like, I don't know if it's annoyed is the right word. It feels whatever feeling it is. I think it's very unique to me, possibly mm. not. No, that sounds like a, almost like a, Oh, it's only I ever feel this. Uh-huh. Um, but like, I don't know what feeling it is. However, it manifests. It doesn't feel dissimilar from annoyance, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say I'm annoyed, but just the feeling of hearing other parties talk about movies <laughs> and you know this well like in yeah. a restaurant anywhere i mean restaurant is like the main thing because you're sitting in one space but even yeah. like i don't know being on a like some sort of transportation and the people behind you or like yeah. whatever talking about movies maybe i'm annoyed that i'm not part of the conversation just because i want to be mm-hmm. usually it's not like a sometimes I just hear people saying things and their opinions are just straight up wrong. And I just want to go over there, smack them and correct them on it. Sometimes what I hate is when people are like, what's the name of that one movie? And I'm like, I know it, but it'd be so weird for me to just lean over and be like. Interject into their private conversation. Which is like, it it wouldn't be that. It'd be the fact that, oh, so you were listening to our Mm, private conversation. Yeah. And I will admit that I have done that. Sure. Before. Sure. Yeah. 
I was at a restaurant a couple months ago and this group, this big group, it was like someone's birthday or whatever was talking about a star is born Hmm. and they were like, like one of them. I mean, it's a whole, it's like grandpa, grandma, all the way down to like the four-year-old's birthday. So it's a bunch of different generations of people. Mm -hmm. Right. And like one of the dads, like probably thirties or whatever was like, he loved the new version or whatnot. And the grandpa really liked like the, cause there's been four mm-hmm. stars borns. Um, and I personally think that the first and the last are the best of the mm-hmm. two. The third is everyone knows it's the worst. The second is very, very good. But I think that the first and the last are the best. Um, but anyway, the grandpa was talking about the second one and saying how much he liked that. And the grandma was kind of like, Ooh, but you didn't know there were two other remakes. And <laughs> I eventually went over because I was walking past to get out. I had to go get something for my car. And I just, I just said it to like the grandpa and grandma because they were sitting at a different table by themselves. Man, this sounds so weird. It didn't <laughs> feel that weird in the moment. But I didn't know if I should or not. But also, like literally, if it was awkward, I was already walking out of my car. I was just going to leave. Like yeah, literally yeah. just flee the premise. Um, just tell my family, like, sorry, you got to cover my tab or like my <laughs> bill. Like I'm, I'm gone. I have got to go. Yeah. But um. I, I leaned over and I was like, oh, just so you know, like there's actually the original Star is Born is earlier, blah, blah, blah. I think you can watch it right now on Amazon Prime, which I had looked up on my phone to make sure that I had a place to recommend them. And they were like, what? Really? Like, oh, my gosh. And they bought me a beer. Oh, so, my gosh. Yeah, they were like really, really accepting. To it. But uh, it definitely could have been one of those things where it was like, OK, dude, why are you listening here, to you our freak. family's conversation? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it could have been really weird. But so annoyed might not be the right term but sometimes i just feel this weird where i don't know how to feel about it i want to be part of the conversation but also like i don't because i don't know i don't know it's it's interesting but Mm -hmm. hearing other people (laughs) talk about movies just like yeah i just want to be part of it maybe that's it like i just want to be part of the conversation but i don't know if that's like a cool like i just love talking about movies i want to be part of the conversation or like this really uh unhealthy like i like to to you know uh assert my dominance over people by like showing them my knowledge knowledge. on film and like you know i need to have these people know how much i know about movies before they leave this restaurant like this guy that they'll never know I don't think it's that, mm-hmm. but maybe in a small way, sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's both like a healthy and an unhealthy form of sure. just uh, like a lifelong obsession. Like that's mm-hmm. just something you have to deal with when you choose to be obsessed with one singular thing for your whole yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. What what restaurant were you at? Do you remember? It was um, Adam McMinimins. Oh. Yeah. I imagined it being a Denny's for some reason. <laughs> Denny's no classic I mean I have nothing against Denny's but sure sure Denny's B&G is better than all four places we went no that's not true probably not the last one but nowhere we wouldn't even season their gravy like yeah it's ridiculous (sighs) I gotta do all the work for you so I had to bring my own seasoning whipped out a canister of your own biscuit or your own gravy that you made the salsa verde that the last place had did work kind of well in the gravy salsa verde on your b and g yeah just a little bit hmm. just a little touch. spicy oh it wasn't it was it was a like a verde chalupa or something 
Verde Chalupa. Not, not, not Chalupa, Cholula. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just completely different dish put on yeah. top of my biscuits and gravy. Oh, man. Man, don't you love biscuits and gravy with like enchiladas on top? Just an entirely Gross. new. When you don't have time for breakfast and lunch, just combine the two. Uh, okay, next question. Where it's literally called brunch, Heather. <laughs> I, I know, but I have never been to brunch where they've had biscuits and gravy with a chalupa on top. <laughs> you know what a you know what a good brunch dish would be where you're merging two would mm. be brisket and gravy. Whoa. And bottomless mimosas. <laughs> yes, always. Ultimate brunch. Woo, brunch with the girls, is, brisket what, and gravy. <laughs> Gross. What is brunch without bottomless mimosas? Nothing. And briskets and gravy. Actually, I'm pretty sure I saw like a clip of, um, it was like an Iron Chef type show, something mm-hmm. like that. And they had to make biscuits and gravy. And there was a guy there from a different country. I don't remember where he was from, but he wherever he's from biscuits and gravy isn't like a dish they serve yeah it's very american so sure. I mean, that's fair and he also was just like miss had a hard time hearing them so he thought that they said brisket and gravy oh. and it was so sad like he was so sad but they actually did a really good job and like he went on to the next round oh like they judged him accordingly to yeah to what to, he understood to brisket and gravy yeah yeah which is that even a dish brisket and gravy like it I obviously mean- wasn't that type of gravy it was like Right, like brown gravy. Or dinner. Yeah, like brown yeah. gravy. Yeah. 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 But I would imagine people sometimes put gravy. On he also gave them bottomless mimosas, which helped their decision making. <laughs> A couple of mimosas in. You He's are like the moving ultimate on. Brunch. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Um, what is the most relaxing place you've ever been? Or where? Rather. I don't know. Um, or describe a, I don't a place think I have or a moment one. where you felt most relaxed. Well, okay. So I worked at a camp for many years. Zach, our last, our guest last week, worked there too. We've talked about it a lot in the um, podcast. And this is kind of relevant because Heather, um, it's up in Oregon and Heather just saw the actual like mm-hmm. physical grounds or at least some of it. But as I was mentioning, I mean, it's already beautiful like where we walked around. But as I was mm-hmm. mentioning, like the place we walked around is only like one quarter of the actual yeah. property that the camp owns. Most of it is just forest. Like they don't have mm-hmm. enough money or space to like develop, develop all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but there are like trails or like little places that if you spend a whole summer there and multiple summers there, you get to know it obviously. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I would have weekends off or even time alone during the day and, and, you know, go places out there, but I almost don't want to say them because I had little spots that were like not secret i'm sure mm-hmm. someone else has been there someone else has sat there but like at least for me during that time i would never see other people really go hang on that like specific little tree or like whatever so yeah. i'd just go spend my time out there so yeah a lot of very zen relaxing places mm-hmm. in that um that area that i've utilized mm-hmm. a lot yeah yeah I would agree that one of the most relaxing places i've ever been was at the camp that i worked at um just taking a hammock into the woods and stringing it up and just being blown in your hammock by the wind, the cool mountain air. It's just 
I don't know. I think it brings me back to being rocked as a baby. <laughs> it's mm. just like one of the, I don't know, the simplest way. So yeah. whether in the this mountains or creek nearby, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's, and there's something to be said for when you're working at a camp, you are literally in an environment of pure chaos. Yeah. 95% of the time. Yeah. It is hundreds, if not thousands of screaming, little annoying voices. It is mm-hmm. just kids everywhere, th- a bunch of stuff going on. So to be in that same world, in that same place, roughly environment, and just have such like stillness, mm-hmm. it's just such a contrast from like what the rest of your daily life looks like yeah. at that period in your life. So it, it adds to it. It makes it even more calming and even more mm-hmm. almost like too still. Mm-hmm. Like when yeah. you're going from it's that unsettling. much moving yeah. parts, it's yeah. like, I, that's why I need to be near a creek or the wind needs to be rustling a little bit because it can't just be quiet. Like mm-hmm. if it's too quiet, it kind of freaks me out. Yeah. Just left with just yourself. Right. No, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want that to happen. Yeah. 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 Constant no. distraction is my key to success. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Uh, key to survival. Key to just, just making it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite position to watch Netflix in? Say it. No, it was not going to be appropriate. Um, <laughs> I was just going to make a joke. Um, I mean, this is going to be so nerdy, but like when I'm home alone, I take this chair we have. I showed it to you. Mm-hmm. It's comfy or squishier, but it's not like a couch by any mm-hmm. means. Like it has a hard back and makes you sit up straight and it's just a one person chair. Mm-hmm. And I move that approximately three, a feet. one person plus Tucker chair. Yes, of course. Yeah. I move that approximately three feet from my TV and set up a TV tray on either side. One TV tray is for food. The other TV tray is for my light and notes. Um, and that's my favorite place to watch Netflix. <laughs> Whenever I get the chance, I also pull the subwoofer that like my family has from behind the TV and put it right under my chair. I, you know, I create my own little home theater. Oh, such a nerd. But it also like, even if I, like if I'm truly watching Netflix, I think this question is means like those days where you're watching 20 episodes in a row, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. what's your favorite position in that case? I don't know if I have one. Mm-hmm. It changes pretty often. Yeah. But just like, you know, whatever all over. But if I'm like really trying to watch it, then it's sitting up straight, hands mm-hmm. in my lap, you know, folded, attentive. <laughs> attentive. So attentive. Um, we have a couch at my house that's super deep and is perfect to like. Deep? That's a funny <laughs> way to describe a couch. It is. Like you sink very deep into it? No, no. Like the depth oh, of the couch oh, yes, 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 yes. is deep <laughs> so you can, you can like fold your legs up under you or cross your legs or whatever which I yeah, just you love, also so. have tiny little legs so well I mean you can't do that on every couch no that's true but I like the left corner of the couch so I can lean up against the arm fold my legs under me and just watch. Netflix. Well, if you're putting your legs to the side, then the depth of the couch doesn't come into effect. I know, but I don't want them to the side. I you, want... do, you put them directly under you. I like cross my legs. You like crisscross. <laughs> Who it's... sits like that? I physically cannot sit crisscross like in anywhere. 
That's one thing that I have going for me a little bit is that my, I'm pretty flexible. So that's just like comfortable for me or sitting with my, like the bottom of my feet together. (laughs) But like your knees up? No, like my, (laughs) what a weird thing to do. Like, like butterfly, like Like butterfly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I can't that's like that my favorite. Um, if I'm sitting on the floor, that's my favorite position to be seated in. If I sit with my feet together like that, I can't see the TV because my knees are blocking them. <laughs> my knees are blocking my eyes. Mm. I can't sit crisscross applesauce. I can't sit like that. I could sit like that, but I, my knees would be straight up. I'd like kind of hug my legs. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. And that would just feel like work. Like I'd, yeah. just, I'd just rather put my legs Straining. Down. Yeah. It is nice. Like people with short legs or like just short people like you in general, you don't need like a little footrest coffee table type of thing mm-hmm. in order to like do something with your legs. Like when I sit at a couch, if it doesn't have a little rest thing or like mm-hmm. a coffee table, then I like have nothing to do with my legs. Cause my legs can't fit with me up on the couch. Yeah. Unless I'm like laying across the length of the couch, yeah. which I don't normally do anyway, just not that mm-hmm. comfortable. But also mm-hmm. like if you're with anyone else, mm-hmm. like you can't really do that. So I either need to be like just sitting with my feet, mm-hmm. like flat on the ground, which is just not the most comfortable thing in no, the world. It's sad. Or have something in front of me to put my yeah. feet on. I mean, if you think about the couch that we had at our first Airbnb and bend, that is that was not a deep couch so i wanted that coffee table that was there to put my feet on there were also a lot of us on a somewhat small couch small couch yeah like one person per cushion kind of thing yeah yeah Yeah. um okay last should this be the last question yeah definitely okay if you had important information and you were being tortured do you think that you could handle the torture or do you think that you would break no to which <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> You're not getting anything out of me. <laughs> Clever. I would Heather, break I would Heather, break for sure. <laughs> this right now is like torture, but I'm withstanding oh it. Gosh. No, I think it depends on the information, obviously. Mm. Like there's a big difference between, you know, like nuclear codes that could end the world and like <laughs> I'm trying to think of something more important than that. <laughs> <laughs> something more important than code. I was, was going to make a joke where it was like something that could end the whole world or something that would just affect me personally. And like, obviously I choose to protect the personal one, which is like quite possibly true. Hmm. You know, everyone like, that's like a psychological thing. Like people yeah. put, you know, themselves Your in their own. Yeah. Like the whole world. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a spy for a reason. I should never, hopefully never have nuclear codes on me. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe I'll have them, not because I'm a spy, but because I'm a supervillain. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Well, those are the questions that I have for you today. I do still have more on my list. I really uh, held back in asking them to you, these questions that I had previously prepared. Um but again, some of them are just reserved for, you know, times when we're actually in person together. Others, I may never ask you. So uh, everyone, wait around and see <laughs> if Wyatt answers more questions. Mm. But that's all for today. Um, I 
I'm never going to answer another question ever again. <laughs> Just so you know. Honestly, I'm surprised how, with how thorough your answers were this time. Questions seem to be difficult for you. I was going to answer that, but the end of your sentence kind of formed it too much like a question. And so I'm it wasn't a question. It was a statement. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, now on to our movies for this week. Um, I'm assuming you're going to go first. Is that a correct assumption? Is that a question? <laughs> yeah, I'll go first. I'm going to be reviewing Pig. Uh, Pig is directed by Michael Sarnosky, I believe is how you say his name. I don't really know much about him. Don't know where he's from. Don't mm-hmm. know. I, I briefly looked him up. I didn't recognize any of his projects, yeah. to be honest. He hasn't Same. directed much or or really done much. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that sounded rude. He's probably had a long career working on different projects in different totally. ways to get to this point to be able to direct this film. I was not saying that he hasn't done a lot. Yeah. Good job yeah. on making it to the point where you get to direct a feature like this, totally. Michael Sarnowski. I just meant that I am very unfamiliar. Unfamiliar. With yeah. Yeah. Um, it stars Nicolas Cage and Alex Wolf. Uh, Nicolas Cage plays a uh, truffle hunter mm-hmm. who lives out in the Oregonian wilderness. It is all set and filmed in the woods and city of Portland surrounding area, mm-hmm. Oregon. Um, he plays a truffle hunter, a very loner type of person. He's been out there for several years. We know um, not very easy to get along with. Uh, we know this because his supplier or sorry, not his supplier, his buyer for these mm-hmm. truffles is Alex Wolf. And when he comes to visit, he's a younger hot shot, you know, kind of new on the hot Portland culinary scene kind of thing. And their exchange is very cold. Nicholas Cage, mm-hmm. I don't think he even says a one like word to him. Um, he lives out there alone with his truffle pig. A truffle pig is a type of pig, or it's not a type of pig, but it's a pig that has been trained to sniff out truffles in the mm-hmm. forest. Um, these are real animals. They mm-hmm. actually use pigs to sniff out truffles. I don't know how they learned that pigs were most advanced at doing that, yeah. um, but I'm not even, to be honest, I'm not a fan of Because like, if they're special little snoot. I, I guess so. Yeah. But like dogs also have incredible scent yeah, and stuff, true. you know? So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I personally do not like mushrooms mm-hmm. of any kind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very unfamiliar with truffles with mm-hmm. that world in general. Um, but basically this truffle pig is his whole life. It's his, mm-hmm. it's his best friend. It's really all he has. Uh, we learned pretty early on that he lost someone near and dear to him mm-hmm. um, quite a few years back. And it seems like that's kind of what drove him into this state. Um, living on the woods, you know, doing this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one night this pig is stolen from him mm-hmm. and he goes on a journey in order to get this pig back. So that's what the film is about. I'm going to briefly talk about this film in a non-spoiler way because I think this film, honestly, even just saying the description I just said, I feel like I'm doing you a disservice. If you if you're just like one of those people that you're like any Nicolas Cage film, sign me up. Like I, I was, my friend Max went to see this with me and I called him. I was like, Hey, do you want to go see pig tonight? And he's like, what's pig. And I was like, Oh, it stars Nicolas Cage. Blah, blah, blah. And I said like a quick little, quick little uh, description. He was like, yeah, you had me at Nicolas Cage. You know, <laughs> like lots of people will just sign up as soon as yeah. his name is on board. To, Cause they know they're either going to get something magnificent or yeah. something 
crazy. Well, usually always crazy, but magnificent or terrible, just in mm-hmm. different crazy ways. Um, so if you're one of those people, definitely check this one out. If this just sounds interesting to you, you know, movies where you're like, the premise almost seems so weird that like, it must have something more to it. It must be good. Like people wouldn't be talking about it if it truly was just like as boring as it sounds like mm-hmm. guy loses pig guy tries to find, to find pig. pig. Yeah. Um, <laughs> either way. I mean, if you're just a fan of films, this is one of my favorite films of the year so far. I really suggest you go see it. Um, I think it's a gem and I think it is just all films. I think this is the case, but this one, especially you just have a huge benefit by just not knowing anything going mm-hmm. into it. So I'm going to briefly talk about this film, my thoughts on it. Stop, give you guys who haven't seen it a time to go see it. Then you can come back and I'm not going to spoil anything, but I'm just going to talk about it in more specific ways for those who have seen it. Talk about scenes. I'll try to generalize things. I'm still not going to give like heavy spoilers, but I'll try to talk about it in a little bit more in depth. I just don't feel comfortable doing that at first. If you haven't seen the movie, because if you want to see it, please, 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 please just go see it. it. Don't listen to another word I say, but I will say in a non-spoiler sense that this is one of the best films of the year so far. Um, Everything direction cinematography is just fine tuned. I really, really enjoyed the style of it. Um, It wasn't a perfect film by any means, but it is just this unique prickly little gem of a film that will always keep you guessing. Every time you think, that it's going to go somewhere, it goes a different direction. Mm-hmm. And you just don't get experiences like that often, sometimes on big scales, sometimes on small scales. This is definitely a more minimalistic scale, mm-hmm. but still just to be able to sit down in a theater, not really know what you're about to see. And every time you think, you know what you're going to see, they do something different, good, bad. Otherwise that's unique nowadays. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of that. Yeah. Too many films, most films, you pretty much know exactly what you're going to get. And even if you're not that familiar with it, you can clue yourselves into what's going to happen from like the moment storylines are introduced, you know, is there some thing to be said for that type of filmmaking? Yes. I'm not, you know, hating on all movies out right now, but I'm just saying to be able to just go in and, and be completely surprised by a film um, is something really cool and really special. And you should go do that. Cause I think pick will surprise you. Yeah. You might walk out of it, not having liked it at all. I can definitely see a lot of people walking out of this movie saying, that was really boring to me, mm-hmm. but either way, it won't be something that you've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, so go see it. Okay. End <laughs> of that to talk about it in a little bit more specific of ways. Um, I'm just going to name one like part of the movie that I had a problem with. There's a scene towards the beginning of the journey, basically um, the first place that, this guy goes the first two places that he goes to in order to find his pig um i really didn't like for different reasons but it gave me a bad taste in my mouth where i was like oh no like this film's going downhill i'm not gonna Mm -hmm. like it and then it has like a big second half redemption that i really really enjoyed so stick with it if you're finding yourself kind of going like "Eh, that's interesting and i can see the reasoning behind why they made him make the decisions I mean, basically the very first place he goes, he gets an answer. Like, this is where your pig went. Maybe it's not there now, but like, if you're looking for a lost item and you know at some point since you lost it and now, it was in the hands of these people, Mm -hmm. 
seems like you'd pretty like hone in and focus on that. Right. And yet he just kind of like walks away from that situation and chooses mm-hmm. to find it, you know, skip further down the line of where his pig went and find it there. I think it's because he's not a confrontational person at all. And mm-hmm. it's trying to show that this has been touted as like a John wick with a pig kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like mm-hmm. pig, you know, dog dies, John wick re- gets revenge on everyone by mm-hmm. just, you know, ninja gun <laughs> killing them all. <laughs> then this is like, okay, pig dies or pig gets stolen. Um, Nicholas Cage being this like massive dude, force dude, just goes ham on everyone. But it's not at all. Like yeah. it is not a violent film. He is not a violent person. Mm-hmm. He's like John Wick with words. He like tears people <laughs> apart with his words. Um, Even so th- those are quite minimal though. He doesn't speak often, but when yeah. he does, you know. Um, and so there's so there's that scene where he doesn't confront s- someone that personally, if if the pig meant as much to me as it did to him in the film, mm-hmm. and like I was faced with these two people that I know were the ones who initially took it, I'd be like, I'm not leaving until yeah. you bring me like where it yeah. went. I don't care like what the situation is. If you think you can't remember, you know, there's other factors. Like, no, like I'll beat the crap out of you until you, you take me where my pig is. Nicholas Cage didn't. He literally just walks mm-hmm. away, which is a little bit frustrating as a viewer mm-hmm. to just mm-hmm. be like, eh. you know, you're shown to be like very intense in not many things, but the one thing you're really intense in is your love for your pig. Mm-hmm. Prove it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, follow through a little bit. But he he doesn't. And then the next place he goes, tries to beef out the lore of the film with this like weird underground mm-hmm. fight club type of thing where yeah. like like uh, busboys and kitchen workers in like high class restaurants of Portland will go to this club and pay to beat up chefs or yeah. homeless people. I'm not entirely sure, <laughs> but I think this is where the movie was trying too hard to be like, oh, it's that one crazy pig Nicolas Cage movie. Like, it didn't have to be that zany that wacky you know to have this whole like fight club underground scene Mm -hmm. it just didn't work it played into the like john wick with a pig kind of thing Mm -hmm. but it wasn't even a violent scene i mean the scene he literally lays there and gets beat up Mm -hmm. you know so i just and and ultimately the information he gets from that is does not help him out very much he could have gotten it in so many different ways there's also just like when he goes to meet the leader um, the leader of this underground organization, the guy does this whole speech that feels very like Baba Yaga, like at the beginning of John Wick, he's like, your name used to mean something mm-hmm. like it holds no power anymore. Names powers are like the only thing. It's just like, this is not that kind of movie, bud. Like mm-hmm. we do come to learn that he is someone more than we yeah. realized he yeah. was. And there is this interesting way in which they regard his name. I'm not familiar with the culinary world, but like, it is kind of funny the way throughout the film, people like hear his name and are like, Oh my gosh, it's him. Like this mysterious, like great figure. Um, Maybe that's the way like people act in the culinary world. I have no idea. Seems a little unrealistic, but this is like the most egregious version of it at the beginning of him being like, you know, and then he goes and he puts his name on the board in the fight club. And it's this like huge thing. Everyone's on edge because of it. And it just, I just, there was a scene where he finds the people who took his pig and doesn't do anything with it. And there was a scene with that. And it just felt like, 
this this film is just grasping for runtime. It's just trying to beef up the plot, beef up the time, beef up the lore. Like I said, make it like weirder than it needs to be mm-hmm. because you have Nick Cage and you already have a kind of wacky premise of like a p- guy's pig gets stolen. We need to make it like one of those Nick Cage movies you see because it's so weird. But I honestly didn't feel like it was that weird of a film other than like that scene. Yeah. That was the only scene that felt just very like surreal in a sense and like otherworldly almost and how odd it was unrealistic um so i I wasn't a fan but then you do really get a good a a redemption that i just absolutely loved the the kind of final confrontation with um adam arkin's character who plays kind of this like final boss figure of the basically mafia culinary world of portland um who you know, for as silly as that kind of is and their confrontation is where he's like, you know, I run this town, blah, blah, blah. He does a good job and I enjoyed his performance and mm-hmm. he was intimidating. So I, I didn't mind that at all. Um, but it, it was just like a bit silly. But that that confrontation where he, he, um, I guess I'm going like full spoiler at this point, <laughs> but where he cooks him a meal. And mm-hmm. if you're into uh, this, this movie is more of a culinary um, focus than you might realize going into mm-hmm. it. So if you're, if you're into that at all, you definitely should give it a watch, but the power in which food holds over people. I mean, mm-hmm. you can, you can be a hardened man who lost his wife, you know, as both of them are, we find mm-hmm. out you can mm-hmm. be um, like this, that you can be some big, chef gangster like mafia boss like whatever but you like you give someone nourishment you Mm -hmm. know you cook them a meal and that just like it is the the transportation of food um like how it can like smell can trigger specific memories um sometimes stronger than something like hearing or sight can Mm -hmm. um and so can like a good meal just immediately transport you back Mm -hmm. to a time and place where you had that meal or a memory you have from it. It's like the finale to Ratatouille, you know, mm-hmm. he eats it just so do, 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 through his eye and, yeah. he, you know, sees his mom and all that. Um, but it is similar sense. And like, that can definitely happen. And I think it's also just on a fundamental food or on a fundamental level, food is a necessity for us. Mm-hmm. And, and when you provide that for someone, when you're a chef, you're someone who literally, obviously he's a fancy chef. People, yeah would be able to survive without eating his meals. They'd probably be able to eat 10 meals for the price mm-hmm. of, you know, one of his meals one, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but when you are someone who curates and, and provides people with nourishment, like you literally hold their life in your hand mm-hmm. At, mm-hmm. In, in a, in a philosophical sense. I mean, the guy can go to the store and get his own food, but um, you know, like it, it, it has a easier way to like break people down and bring them to like their, their, true like self and kind of strip everything away um and it just is a really beautiful moment in the film and Mm -hmm. there's just a scene following that where every character is displaying emotion some of them over things that are relatable some of over things that like very few people in the world could ever relate to Mm -hmm. and there's no doubt in anyone's mind in the theater like how convicted they are of those emotions and it's Mm -hmm. very powerful and then the final minute and a half of the film or so in general i'd say is just an emotional yeah gut punch and really hit me i loved it i really love this film like i said i i don't know i'd have to sit down and list things out but it could possibly be my favorite film of the year so far that's great yeah anyway space jam (laughs) 
Um, can I just add a couple things? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I didn't know if you had any. Uh, yeah. Um, I unfortunately did not feel the same way. And I feel so bummed about that. Like I, in hindsight, I can see uh, the emotion that they were going for. And obviously, like, um, understand some of the themes, especially through Nicolas Cage's journey that he's on. It's not just about this pig that he's looking for. It's like really about digging into his past and, mm-hmm. um, loss on multiple levels and, and not only for him, but also Alex Wolf's character. And it's, it deals with a lot of those heavy emotional relational things, but it didn't actually pull any emotion out of me. And I wanted that, like I wanted to be sitting there feeling all that they were trying to convey. And I, I just wasn't, I just wasn't connecting with it in that way. So, um, I don't know, it might be one that I need to go see again, maybe because I went into it with no expectation of what it was going to be like, or, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I could benefit from a second viewing of it. I will say, however, it is beautiful. It is visually stunning they filmed it in Oregon mm-hmm. um which is special I feel like um we sometimes well yeah I was just there but I feel like so often things are like set in a certain location but they're not actually filmed there yeah <laughs> so I appreciate when it is like actually in the yeah. place that it's claiming to be um and then yeah having just been there and driven through the woods and the beautiful trees and all of that um, just made it a little more special. So, and there um, is something about that Northern Oregon forest, which like maybe some people wouldn't agree, but growing up here, I can tell, mm-hmm. I mean, they could have shot it in Washington, which is yeah. very similar. And yet yeah. still, I'd be like, I can just feel it's different. Yeah. Um, like without a trace back from 2017 was also shot in the same forest that mm-hmm. that pig was shot in. And, and I just, I know those trees. Yeah. I know that fog, like, I can tell it's organ and it's yeah. special. Yeah. And just yeah. gorgeous. Um, there were, sorry, did you, were you? Oh, I was just going to say, there's, there's a couple of like, um, there's a couple of shots in particular. There's one that I'm assuming is like a drone shot or something over treetops that I could mm-hmm. literally just watch on a loop. It's so beautiful and so calming. Um, there's also a shot of him, uh, like kneading dough at the beginning of mm-hmm. it and that shot in particular is kind of the feeling of the entire movie to me like simple stripped back natural no frills but like so um like visceral is the word that kept coming to mind as I was watching it just mm-hmm. like yeah I don't know so it's a, it is a cool movie of balancing like this cult like um culinary chef aspect of things but also like life and loss and love yeah. and all of that so yeah um i do think that you know, nicholas cage he doesn't have a lot of dialogue especially towards mm-hmm. the beginning um yeah. and he does kind of just do that like open mouth nicholas cage look you know that he does so mm-hmm. <laughs> that's something that kind of gets on my nerves but i mean i do love his performance and i love him um uh Alex Wolf's character at the beginning annoyed me a little bit just because mm-hmm. he played a little too hard into the so trope extreme. of like city boy drives yeah. his yellow Camaro onto the woods and doesn't like the pig and like where's 
whatever clothes and yeah. it's just like it was too hard like we get it he's not a he's not an outdoorsy type of guy mm-hmm. some people mm-hmm. are some people aren't mm-hmm. like whatever it's not you know mm-hmm. but luckily you know give that maybe what could be a little bit ham-fisted um of a role to a capable actor like alex wolf and he mm-hmm. t- turns it into something very transformative and genuine yeah. by the end of the film so yeah. did very much enjoy his performance i just felt like mm-hmm. he was working with a heavy stereotype mm-hmm. at the beginning and mm-hmm. really i don't know any actor that could yeah. fully make that something unique yeah. it just felt yeah. like i really appreciated his uh character's transformation throughout the movie especially yeah. towards the end but um a fun fact for you Nicolas Cage is Alex Wolf's favorite actor ever. So that's special that they got to work on that together. Um, Also, the budget for this film was pretty small. Um, I couldn't tell you what it is, (laughs) just that it was small. They also only filmed it in 20 days. What do you, did you read somewhere the number or just that oh, no. it was small? No, it didn't have a number. It just said that it was a small budget. And the reason it said that was because... Were they, you reading this BuzzFeed? Like, no, the trivia section on IMDb. The yeah, reason so. <laughs> that it said that was because they couldn't get a pig who was already trained. So the pig ended up biting Nicolas Cage. Hmm. And he said, of all the things that he's done in his career, it's going to be a bite from a pig that ends up taking him out. I just thought it was silly. <laughs> funny, funny, funny. That trivia section. I love Classic. it. I love Classic. it. Classic. All right. Next up, we have Space Jam, A New Legacy. Space Jam. by Heather Davenport. Heather, yeah. take it away. Thanks so much uh, for that great introduction. Uh, Yeah, so Space Jam, uh, this is the latest from director Malcolm D. Lee, who is responsible for Girls Trip, Night School, Roll Bounce. Um, If you're familiar with any of those, they're quite different from (laughs) Space Jam. This is his first family movie uh, that he has made, so good mm-hmm. for him uh and of course this is a, a twist uh sequel if you will to the original space jam which came out in 1996 uh which i just like to say are the golden years you know the the late 90s of, mid to late of 90s movies of life <laughs> of, of, life. Oh, okay. of life yeah if you're trying uh, to convince <laughs> if you're trying to convince people that uh 1996 is one of the golden years of life don't show them space jam (laughs) because i'm not saying that space jam is not a classic i'm not saying that it's not you know well a classic (laughs) but if you haven't seen space jam in a while and you're an adult listening to this go watch it it's Mm. it's inarguably the worst film of all time Well, Michael Jordan, know. no, maybe not, but Michael Jordan is Space Jam, a new legacy, <laughs> the worst actor of all time. No, LeBron's an okay actor. I think uh-huh. part of that is like, like day and age, like LeBron has had a huge social media presence for yeah. years and years and yeah. years. Uh, he's also done some voice acting and things prior to this. Yeah, like he's been cameoed in yeah. films and television shows. Yeah. He's gone on like YouTube videos, going undercover in a pizza show, like different stuff yeah. like that, you know, like. Whereas like Jordan was in a lot of commercials and stuff mm-hmm. too, which LeBron is as well, but just like wasn't in, he same. wasn't in front of a screen as much totally, um, or in front of a camera. I mean, and so LeBron benefits from that a little bit. And then mm-hmm. also 
half the movie he's animated LeBron, which mm-hmm. they didn't do in the real initial Space Jam. So they're able to animate his face probably yeah. better than he could just as like Commun- yeah an actor yeah totally yeah sorry i'm already getting into yeah, but you <laughs> that's okay and, that's okay you know. uh so this space jam space jam a new legacy uh is about a rogue artificial intelligence creature that's living within the warner brothers server um and this ai character kidnaps lebron james his youngest son uh and lebron has to partner with Bugs Bunny to play a basketball game in order to win back his son. Um, Which that little short description is just the silliest little thing. And that is the movie as a whole. Um, As far as a rating, I'm going to give this like a four and a half out of 10. And that's mostly for nostalgia's sake. Um, so moving on to some of the things that I liked about the movie, uh, it truly is like a little blast from the past. I, but in a, a very uh, 2021 way, instead of being, uh, you know, set in or trapped in actual space, they're in cyberspace. Right. Um, so modern. Um, but I think what I enjoyed about this is that I did grow up with these characters, like Looney Tunes characters. I had a pretty uh, severe obsession with Tweety when I was younger, <laughs> um, like probably probably longer than I should have mm-hmm. as a child. But um, it has been many, many ages since I have cared to think about or interact with Looney Tunes characters in any way. Interact um, with? I don't Did know. You used to talk to them, Heather? I mean, probably. Would they talk to you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh-oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Sounds uh, like someone's a little loony herself. Hey. Hey. Nice. Okay. Um. Yeah. So that that part of the movie was fun. They certainly do look different. They are not the traditional um, 2D animation. They have yeah. They've received they transition a modern uh, upgrade which I don't know if I like. <laughs> um, it feels yep. on brand with today's like today's animation and the levels that I think especially kids today would expect. Yeah. But as someone who grew up with something completely different, you kind of long for that, like the original. I don't know. Yeah. At least I did. I mean, I think it, it. I didn't particularly like it, but it did give the animators a chance to show off different styles of animation and one yeah. thing that you can't take away from the movie is it is animated very very well totally. and there's just a lot going on yes um we can touch on that more later but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um story-wise the there's this overall lesson that lebron learns as a father that um he just needs to like back off from being a coach and he needs to just let his son be his son and be passionate about what he's passionate about and to support him in those things. And even if that looks different than what LeBron is passionate about. Um, so that's just like, that's a nice story and idea. And yeah. And it's like, it's never been told before. So (laughs) it's really cool. (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's a good lesson. Let me do me. Dad. (laughs) Let me be myself, dad. Let mm. me be a video game maker, not a mm. professional basketballer. Mm. Um, I did appreciate the uh, just the natural chemistry that it felt like LeBron and his 
son had. I thought they, which I thought they, isn't actually his son. So no, no, I know. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not sure his son in the movie. Um. Anyways, I thought they were a, a fine yeah. duo. Uh. And then lastly, I actually really enjoyed. Um. Okay. So throughout this movie, there are a ton of. I honestly wouldn't even call them Easter eggs because they're not hidden. They're explicit. A ton of references to other Warner Brothers um, uh, properties, like all of them. Uh, Like they mention a few throughout their journey or whatever, but once they get to the actual basketball game, the crowd is literally just all Warner Brothers characters. Where I think that was a negative thing was that Warner Brothers has some incredible properties, which I don't think I even was fully aware of everything mm-hmm. that I saw on there that was Warner Brothers. Yeah. Um, but things like Joker or the Harry Potter franchise or whatever, that's Warner Brothers. And they reference those things. And and when she says Joker, she means DC. Where I think that fell apart is the fact that those are some incredible properties that are um that oh. are in this movie <laughs> oh, yeah, and yeah. this it just feels um feels like an opportunity to be like look what else we've done as opposed like i think it's just distracting this, overall it just turns into a giant ad for hbo max yeah that's yeah. what it, it's straight up what it is and it was my least favorite part of the film by yeah. far yeah. it felt like the finale to ready player one if anyone saw ready player mm. one where just like look at all these other characters that you love you know uh, you didn't see ready player run no. one did you but no. there's a final battle where they just bring out like the iron giant um mm-hmm. megalodon i think at some point not megalodon um Godzilla, like all these different characters that people know and love and just had them fight each other and it just turned into the spectacle of like look what else we have kind of thing like check this yeah. out yeah. And this was Warner Brothers doing the same exact thing and also just being like, remember HBO Max? Like, remember how we made the color palette to this film purple so that you were reminded of the HBO Max color palette? Also, all these properties you're seeing, you can see on there for $14.99 a month. <laughs> Seriously, like, they might yeah. as well have put that in the film because that's yeah. how obvious it was. Yeah. So yeah. basically, it, it's, 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 oh, gosh. <laughs> it's promoted to children. So children will come to this film. Yeah. Their parents will With be fine parents. bringing them because yeah. of nostalgia. Then children will see all these characters and say, ooh, mom, ooh, dad, I want to watch that character. I want to watch that character. And now the parents will say, great, where's a place where we can find all these characters that my kids now want to watch? And then Warner Brothers will step in and hit them with an ad because they saw they bought a ticket to, new, to Space Jam, <laughs> say, here's where you can find it. HBO I hate Max. it so much. <laughs> it is the death of cinema. <laughs> HBO Max? no just that kind of marketing and, oh. and and that kind of that's literally the reason this is being made do not think that this is being made for any other reason but to sell you on warner brothers and hbo max yeah. and more properties yeah they do not care about your childhood nostalgia <laughs> with space jam they don't they don't maybe someone there like some production assistant was like man i'm living my dream i've always wanted to make the space jam sequel you didn't. You just made a big commercial. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on to some of the other things I didn't like about the movie. The acting is not great. Um, which 
I would expect from someone like LeBron, which even with LeBron, I wasn't unimpressed. I thought he did a fine job for who he is and what he's doing. Um, But unfortunately, Don Cheadle is in this movie and Don Cheadle's great. We just talked about him in Mm -hmm. No Sudden Move and... Um, I just really did not care for his character, uh, which again, part yeah, of that I mean, could just be his fine. character just, and writing and whatever. Yeah. Um, but there's a, a part in the basketball game where he transforms into this like super intense character that just made me really uncomfy. Uh, like, yeah, definitely had an uncanny Valley vibe going on to it. It was definitely the most underdeveloped of all the animation in the film. Yeah. And, and didn't, it really did it not look good. Didn't, yeah. Didn't like it. Um, unfortunately I felt like this was too long it should have been an hour and a half max and maybe that would even be too long Yeah, it, the, the final basketball game takes place over the course of like 45-50 minutes yeah it's, it's so long very long it's so long um, at one point I fell asleep in the movie mostly because I had looked it up to be like is this available on HBO for me to, ma- to, for me to watch and I, it was. And so I said, well, then it's fine if I fall asleep because I, <laughs> I can go back and later. watch it. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know that I have ever fall in my adult life that I've ever fallen asleep in like a movie, movie like theater. willingly. Yeah. Um, and lastly, it was just not funny. There was maybe two or three kids in the theater with me. I saw this on a Friday afternoon. Um, and there were a couple times that one kid in particular, like laughed out loud a couple times. Uh-huh. I think I laughed once and that was it. And um, so that's just, you know, it is there what it is. The This is, I guess, a spoiler, but who cares? It's a piece of trash. There was one funny joke in the whole movie and that's when they were at halftime. They needed a boost. Yes. And that's literally the one yeah, part. Granny that I or some, one of the Looney Tunes characters is like, don't worry guys. I found Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. and there's like this, the smoke coming up and you see his figure and he's walking, this towering guy. And you're like, Oh, okay. They're going to awesome. bring back Michael Jordan. Yeah. And it's Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. And it's pretty funny. Like, it's it's pretty fine. Funny. Or whatever. Yeah. I imagine Michael B. Jordan was just like walking around the WB lot and they're like, would you just hey, stop can and you do pop this? In real quick? Like, we'll give you lunch or something. <laughs> I don't know. We're not going to actually pay you for it. Like yeah. it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. But uh, that was like decently funny. Everything else. Not so much. Also, like they replaced LeBron's family with actors. Yeah. And they weren't even good actors. Yeah. Like if you're going to have bad actors, at least just have it be his real family. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's Space Jam, a new legacy for me. Did not care for it. Won't watch it again. Won't show it to my kids in the future. Um, But it's on HBO Max. So if you have that and you, have a couple hours that you want to um regret, <laughs> regret spending your time space yeah. out a little bit then go for it if you ever think to yourself you're like hey an hour and 58 minutes from now i'm gonna wish that i like i want to wish that i made a different decision <laughs> then watch, watch this, this movie, movie. <laughs> terrible some people ever, may some people may really like it. My nephew, who is five, he seemed to really enjoy it, according uh-huh. to uh, what I my I did see said. like a meme going into it that said there's a moment in um, Space Jam 2 where Bugs Bunny turns into Big Chungus 
and a little boy in my showing lost it so hard his mom had to like walk him out of the theater. <laughs> and in my showing, a little boy did laugh quite hard at that moment where he turns into Big Chungus. He didn't have to be escorted out of the theater. Yeah. Um, although I almost did myself <laughs> take care of him. Um, but he did laugh quite hard. So that yeah. made me chuckle. Yeah. Sweet. Well, those are our movies for today. They're quite different from each other. Quite a little combo. Um, but both are obviously in theaters now. And then again, Space Jam is available on HBO Max to stream as well. But there are just some really great films coming out uh, and coming up. And I'm we're, we're going to have those for you uh, in the coming weeks. So stick around and... Let us know what you want us to review. We probably um, are going to get to a point where we will have to pick and choose a little bit. Not or so much of up. what yeah, we, we'll yeah, or double up. Um, so if there are things that you know are coming out this year that you're super excited about and want to get our take on, then let us know. We'd be happy to, uh, I'm sure we'll we'll probably be, be seeing it, but uh, if you intentionally want us to talk about it, then let us know. We'd love to hear that. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, as always, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Oh, that was cute. One take on Heather is that she's pretty cool. Another is that she sucks. Thank you for joining me for two takes on Heather. Mm. Phil and I will be back next episode for the same two takes on Heather. Which take are you? <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>